Come and see what all the hype is about. Tune in to The Hype 87.3. That's right. It's your girl, Tampa Mystic, and we are live right here on The Hype 87.3. Good morning. Good afternoon. What time is it? Good afternoon, everybody. Happy Saturday out here in the ATL. I do have a special guest checking in today. He goes by the name of Travis T. This is somebody I've been rocking with for a hot little minute. What's going on with your family? I'm good. I'm good. Glad to be here. What's happening? Hey, it's it's long overdue, man. Yeah, like it was time yeah. for us to catch up. We be conversing a lot on social media, but you know what I'm saying. It's nothing better than sitting down, and look at someone face to face, and actually having a conversation with them, right? That's right. That's um, right. but you know, I know you do a lot. You know what I'm saying. Go ahead and introduce yourself and break down a little bit of all the things you got going on. Okay, great. My name is Travis T. From the East Side, Stone Mountain. You already know we in the building. Um, I'm a music producer. Um, for film and television, as well as for artists. I'm also a songwriter and a rapper. I rap in English and in Spanish, so I am the independent international. Let me hear something in Spanish real quick. Look, que quieres que diga? Estos podemos conocer un poco más. Paladisco. I'll rap a little song you want me to. You know what's so funny, though? I don't know why, but I always... Up until fairly recently, I want to say, I always thought that you resided elsewhere and then you would come here to do business. I don't know why I didn't know that you, like, actually lived here. I guess because I don't be, like, super, super diving into people's, like, personal lives, you know what I'm saying? So I don't know why I thought that. I just thought that maybe you resided somewhere else and, you know what I'm saying? I don't know. Maybe because you don't be giving those Atlanta vibes, like, some of these people out here, no shade, but you get what I'm yeah, saying. Well, I'm a, I'm a native transplant, so I was born, <laughs> born in Milwaukee, and I came to Atlanta when I was five years old. Okay. Since kindergarten. Yeah, so this is all so, your life, pretty much. Yeah, this is all my life, but I always loved traveling. Yeah. And so, I think the first time we met years ago, you had an open mic, and I performed at it, and it was like my dress rehearsal for a show <laughs> I had in Spain. Okay, oh, okay, And dope. so, ever since then, like since 20, 2012, I've been doing international shows, like Spain, Germany, Ireland. I did a Japan, Brazil. So over the years, I always get a little pocket of international shows. Then I come back home. I love it. But most folks thought just like you that, oh, does he live here? Or not? Exactly. And Maybe that, that's what it is because you be traveling. Is, I was, yeah, I was in and out. But COVID kind of set me down and had me back here now. Yeah. At home for a while. So absolutely. I'm to grind it out again. That happened with a lot of people. But I love the fact that like um, you were open to coming to the open mics and the show local showcases because like you said, I think those get you prepared for those bigger shows. There's international shows. Those are things that independent artists when they're first starting out or even a little ways into their career, it's just a good way to kind of brush up on their stage presence, come out and network like to, for the right ones. There's some ones out here I would never suggest y'all to touch, but I ain't going to mention that. But you know, for the most part, there are some dope events and stuff that take place um take us back to your childhood were you into like sports or anything before music oh uh, well yeah at first i started off running track oh okay um, you was so, dusting them yeah shout out to uh aau and usa track uh bantam boys hold i still hold the record for the 400 meter dash for eight nine-year-olds wow. 60 seconds wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so i gotta give a shout out that yeah so i started off running track um and i was always winning and then eventually when i got like 10 or 11 I had a little growth spurt, had a little pain, and then I started losing. I I, w- I hadn't lost ever. Oh, wow. So I didn't know how to take it. And yeah. I, I liked music. So I was like, this is not fun anymore. This is like a job. You can't eat ice cream. You can't eat red meat. Like, I was taking all that as a, you know, 11-year-old. Of course. And so I switched over to music and, like, really never looked back. Yeah. That is dope, man. But that's good that you have, like, that athletic background because I think it's important as kids, especially young boys, to be in, uh, involved in some form of sports because it teaches you how to be a team player. 
it structures you, you know what I'm saying? Keeps you physically fit during that time. You know, a lot of the, I had my son involved in probably every damn sport. The only thing he didn't play is basketball, but he, he ran track and he played football and he wrestled. He did mixed martial arts. He did all that stuff. You know what I'm saying? And now it's like, Late, I think when you first, oh, he played baseball too. I forgot about that. When I first started him in sports, he didn't want to do it. But once he got involved, he was the one who was signing himself up. You know what I'm saying? Did you want to do a run track or was that something that your family got you involved with? I I wanted to because I was fast. I used to beat everybody around the neighborhood, stuff like that. And then my mom was like, she used to run track. And my dad was like, why don't you try it? Because all my brothers were doing like uh, basketball and baseball. And I I didn't like any of those. Yeah. So I did track. And then after that, it came into the marching band. You know, marching band is a sport here. Yeah, so yeah, for sure. Once I was in middle school, then I, I went to marching band and played saxophone and played tuba. And But our practices were like you were in like a boot camp for like, you know, sports or whatever because yeah. – you had to be in shape to carry that tuba. <laughs> nah, for real. Them thing big and heavy, right? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> um, so about what age would you say that you really started, like, taking music to the next level of when you were starting to record or even write your own music? So that was probably, probably about, like, 17, 18. I started writing um, for, it was like an R&B group. And me and, me and my homeboy was making beats for them. Yeah. And they worked with Left Eye. So we was like, oh, this is perfect. So we got invited to her studio, made some beats, and then... Um, I don't know how it happened, but somebody stole some of our beats. Oh. And that's when I said, you know what, I'm going to learn how to do this. I'm going to go to school. I'm yeah. Gonna, I'm going to do everything I need <laughs> to do. I'm going to copyright stuff. And that's what kind of turned everything into just fun to, like, you got to be business about it because you can be 17 and they'll take your stuff. And Absolutely. nobody cares to this day. So, um that that's that really was when I really started around that age. Absolutely. That's important because like you said, people will be quick to steal your stuff. So like even as a music artist, you have to own your name. You know what I'm saying? You got to trademark your name because if you don't, someone else could buy it and sell it back to you. You know what I'm saying? And that's same thing with your music. Like you got to own everything about what you got going on. You establish businesses, make sure you get your LLCs and your EIN numbers and all that stuff because you got to have legitimacy. Otherwise, someone's going to take it. They'll take it. You know what I'm saying? Like when I first started Industries Most Wanted, um, I didn't have my LLC yet. I was just, you know, running with the name. And then I seen someone else try to use that name for a showcase after I had been using it for a couple of years. And I was like, okay, technically I can't say nothing because I don't own it. But at the same time, I was like, bro, this was somebody I knew. I said, bro, you know, that's the name I've been using. So I immediately went out and got all my paperwork. I was like, you know what? I'm going to own this name. So no one can take it from me. Um, so when you first started doing music, do you, you were a writer? Yeah. At first I was just producing and writing, but then the group I was in, like some of the artists, they wouldn't like finish the songs and stuff. And I'm like, man, like, <laughs> We here in the A man. We got like big people. We were doing like sharing showcase, and you know we we're opening up, opening up for people, and we were seeing, you know, tip at the car shows and all this, and like we like sixteen, seventeen, and we're seeing everybody who's on. Yeah, and I'm like, y'all can't be lazy. So one day I started just trying to rap too, and yeah. I was like, all right, I'm in the group now, <laughs> you know, and so I joined the group by default because I had that push, and then I ended up going solo because of that, that same push. What was the name of the group? So the group back in the day was called STMO. It was like just a little shorthand for Stone Mountain. Oh, okay. Yep. <laughs> yep. That's so unique, you yep. know. Then after that, I was in uh, Digital Atlanta um, when, um, you know, that whole thing about it going digital and all that back in the day. Yeah, so I was with Digital Atlanta for a while, um, 2000, like 2009. Wow. So were you involved in music before, like, all the streaming platforms? You know, you ain't yeah. got to tell your age, but... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I was, I was, was. yeah, I'm seasoned it, so I was, um, you know, doing uh, physical CDs, and we were doing them out the trunk, and we were doing them on consignment, you know, 
um, for all those youngs out there, like consignments where you take your CD to the store, gas station, and stuff like that, and then they sell them out for you. So, yeah, I was real big on consignments at the gas stations and the local stores. That was a big and, thing. Yeah, it, was, it was real big. So. I used to buy random CDs sometimes just because the I may not have known who the artist was, but mm-hmm. just because the little single co- or the the cover mixtape cover may have looked dope. I was like, oh, I'm gonna buy it and give it a try. Right. Um, if we could go back to that era, would you? Yeah, well, I'm going back now because um, I have com is coming soon, and I will have physical CD copies, stuff like that. One thing that made me feel like that was when I had a show in Japan, 2019, yeah. they were still using vinyl. Yes. Still oh. using hardcover CDs. Wow. And the DJ asked me, he was like, where's your hard copy CD? <laughs> I was like, I emailed you the whole pack before I got on the plane. <laughs> he was like, yes, I can use that, but I need hard copy, I need vinyl. I said, all right. Wow. So next time I go back to Japan, I'm going to have that. And that just showed me that, like, that nostalgia and that people overseas, they really love that. Absolutely. And now it's become the thing here, like collector's items. So I'm going back to that because the streaming funds versus a hard copy CD is no comparison. So Absolutely. Yeah. It takes literally thousands and thousands and thousands of streams to make a small amount of money, like on Spotify know. and Apple. And it's like realistically – that's where artists, they're not making a lot of money there. A lot of these big artists are making money by either like, you know, doing performance shows, like getting booked and stuff like that. But even then I'd be hearing about some of these so-called big artists having to cancel shows because they haven't been able to sell out the venue. Ticket sales are low. And I think it's because they became famous on social media. That's true. Like becoming famous on social media. If you're not doing it in real life as well, you know, that's a big difference because you don't get used to performing or being in front of people. Yeah. Um, so I know some artists have done well online, but they can't do it in person. So, Absolutely. And that's, and that's where it really counts. That's what people want to feel it in. Yeah. You know, get their money's worth. Absolutely. You build that organic fan base, I think, when you're in the streets and you're out here, you know, meet, right. meeting people and stuff like that. So it's safe to say if we took social media away, you would still do music. Oh, yes, yes. I was doing it before social media. So, yeah. Yep. So <laughs> it, it'd, be, it'd be something where I think that's one of my superpowers that I still have social skills. I still go out. I still have a lot of things brewing in real life. Then I display it on social media afterwards. Yeah. So let me ask you this, you know, for like, you know, any young independent artists that are coming up now and all they know is social media and the digital platforms, right? That's Mm -hmm. all they know. You know what I'm saying? What would you tell this young artist about, you know, maybe adding some getting out there into the streets? Like what advice would you offer them? I would just say that think of social media as your highlights. It's, it's the highlights of what you've been doing, but yeah. the real work come in the dark when you by yourself and you're getting your steps and you're writing because you'll put yourself a step ahead of everyone else because you've been doing that real life connection. There's certain places I can go, whether it's California or Florida, where I met the owner of that store. Yes. I met the owner of the restaurant. He remembers me and I, I ordered a number two or whatever the case. <laughs> right. And we have some type of conversation and dialogue that you can't just get by posting online. Yes. So people can feel your energy in real life. So you definitely want to do that and get out there and set yourself apart because guess what? Everybody can make an Instagram page. Uh, absolutely. But everybody can't have that personal experience with somebody. Yes. So I think that set them apart a lot. Absolutely. And I think a lot of people, including myself, I'm big on energy. And <laughs> this guy over here. <laughs> I'm big on energy, right? Because it's like you want to feel people's, you know, presence and right. their energy and like, you know, build that chemistry and that rapport with them. And being online, you can't necessarily do that. You know, right. Some people can can fake what they're posting and become a character and things like that. But when you authentic and then in real life, you see that you're like, OK, this, I, like, I like that. I like the vibe because 
Plenty of times I've met people in person and they're totally different online. And I'm just like, okay. <laughs> yes, absolutely. That's why I like, do, I love doing what I'm doing because I actually right. be able to get to sit down with people and feel their vibe, feel their energy, and see if that's somebody I'm actually going to vibe with and maybe want to continue working with them. Um, so, again, taking it back to when you first started doing music, you were a writer and you said you were a producer. Um, mm-hmm. Do you still actively produce? Yeah, Ma- I still actively produce. Like the Medication Music, my last album, I produced all the tracks on there and I produce for others as well. So, that's where I started, you know, um, being in, in band in, in school, you know, shout out to Stevenson High School. Um, I, that's where I learned all my chords and stuff like that. And I just keep that a big part of trying to have some music that can get some emotion to it. So absolutely. That a lot. Let's talk. Let's just dive into that a little bit, because um, there's a lot of people out here who call themselves producers, but really they're. And, and this does not mean to demean what they do, but they're just really beat makers. Right. Like they'll come up with the rhythm of it, but then they have somebody who actually produces it, who does all the arrangements and stuff like that. So you're doing both. Right. I'm doing both. I'm doing the actual touching the keys, putting out the chords and then going and chopping it up and making a beat pattern. Yeah. Recently I challenged myself cause I'm right-handed. And so I was reading some stuff about Beethoven and Mozart and found out that at a certain point in their career, they started using their left hand and forcing themselves to use their left hand more so my last album, I made every beat with just my left hand yeah. to kind of get more into, uh, tap into a different part of my brain to get different melodies, stuff like that. And, um, you know, it brings out a lot in the music when you take that time to really craft it. Absolutely. That is, to me, that is a talent. It's so funny. This is totally off the wall, but the guy who, I have a guy that does my nails, you know. <laughs> he um He's do, used both hands, and I never noticed that. I've been going to him for a while now, and I never noticed till recently that sometimes he'll do stuff with this hand and this hand. I'm like, bro, you use both hands? I'm like, I can't do that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can do little things with my left hand, but for the most part, everything is all right-handed. So how long did it take you to be able to really, like, be able to use both hands like that, the same? Well, it was almost just, like, by accident at first because, like, I was just trying to do just basic chords yeah. with my left hand, which I always tried to play piano, but a left hand was always like a struggle for me. Yeah. So then I was just like, okay, I'm just going to put my right hand behind my back. Yeah. And I started. So it took like, you know, like a month or two to really just focus on it. But then once I got into a groove, the melodies just start coming out differently with my left hand. So that it just became dope. something I was doing. And now I'm just like, all right, I'm going to keep this going since I got a nice sound with this. Yeah. Keep going with it. Would you say that, you know, spending most of your life in Atlanta had an influence on you for wanting to do music? I, I would say, I mean, my first influence were my parents. Yeah. Because, you know, at home, that's all we would play. They playing Jonathan Butler. They playing Earth, Wind, and Fire. Yeah. And, frankly, Beverly and Maze, all that. And then I was in a band, you know, the band on the east side. <sighs> all, you know, it's just music, music. Yeah. You know, half our school was in the movie drum line. You know what yeah. I mean? So that's, that's what I come from when it comes to that. And then seeing all these people we knew become, you know, like stars. You know, I come from an age where you would just hear, like, you know, uh, PSC and, you know, Pastor Troy and all. You would just hear that, you know, at little house parties and stuff like that. And yeah. then they became stars. So it was just part of, like, okay, this I can do this too. Yes, absolutely. Because I asked that because to hear your music, it doesn't sound like you're necessarily from Atlanta. Like, the sound that you're producing, not to say that you have to sound like you're from Atlanta, but you get what I'm saying. Like, there's some artists, when they rap, you'll be like, oh, that's an Atlanta sound, or that's a down south sound. Right. I think that you produce really a sound of your own, and I like that. Yeah, I think it comes from also, like, I went to college in Florida, and that's where I taught myself Spanish. Mm. So I picked up a lot of music when I was down there. Yeah. And then, because I always liked, you know, the world and stuff like that, I don't listen to a whole lot of rap music. Yeah. You know, I did coming up, you know. Yeah. You know, I listen to a lot. But nowadays, I don't listen to as much rap music. So it's all these different genres. 
I feel like I can rap to anything. Yes. And so, and that's how I create my own sound, but I'm a composer first. Yes. So like everything I do, especially since I've been making a lot of music for film and television. Yeah. It's like a production for a movie. Absolutely. Even though it's just, you know, it might be a rap song, but this is like, this is a soundtrack. Yeah. I think film is really like, not that it hasn't always been, but it's becoming very predominant in the entertainment. I see a lot of musicians or like, of course, athletes and stuff. They transition into doing film at some point in their life. Um, what did you go to school for? So I went to school for uh, entertainment business and record engineering. Okay. And so that was like a, a, a thing of mine to like have the business part of it. Yes. Um, and then being able to engineer my own things. And that just took me into making music in the background. So I, I produced some some music for a few TV shows. Uh, nice. Um, HBO and um, as well as on MTV. Back in the day, you remember the show called Your Mama? Yes. Yeah, I, I made the music on there. Oh, that's and, dope. And uh, currently I'm working on a few projects. Um, once they're finished, I'll be able to tell you about it. But, yeah, uh, for sure. Um, some, some, good, some good things coming with that. And it's like it gives you a different feel when you're, you know, making – that cinematic, you know, the backdrop to somebody's life and stuff like that. Absolutely. How important was it to you to learn how to engineer? I was extremely important because, number one, it was like the prices of getting an engineer and the quality and being able to go into different areas. For example, even when I started making uh, music for film and television, the first thing they would say is like, okay, we need you to, to engineer this or we need it to sound a certain way. Yeah. And everyone has a different way they want it to sound, so – Knowing the science behind it, I can talk back and say, okay, so how many dB you want to bring it down? Which frequency do you want me to roll off? Yeah. I speak their language, and so they let me in. Yes. So I don't go in those doors as a rapper. I go in as a composer, and then I say, okay, I can engineer it too. And then I kind of had those conversations. Funny one I had like last week was with an executive, and he was arguing with me about the track <laughs> for the TV show. And I told him to ask his boss, and his boss came back and said I was right. And so, but it's only because I knew where they were trying to do, and I also had watched the show that they were going to be on before. You did your homework, right? Right. So I knew where to where to position myself so it could uh, so it could be um, you know beneficial. So yeah, I would say like knowing the science of it is always good when you want to be in different spaces and not putting the box. That's why I don't stand at like Atlanta bots or a rapper bots or anything yeah. because. Doing, like you said, doing that homework. Absolutely. So you engineer all the music that you record? You mix and master all of it? Yeah. You record yourself, you mix and master, and I know you're doing production. Do you also work with other producers to make your beats for you sometimes too? Yeah, sometimes I've, I have other producers that I'll work with on like their projects or something like that. Um, and so I have I have a few that I pick. I'm, I'm kind of selective just so I can make sure it like, has the right sound. But I have a few that I, I deal with here and there. Yeah, most definitely. Um, what have you been enjoying the most about being a music artist? Like, what is Travis T really like? If you could sit back and think about all the stuff that you do as an artist, what do you enjoy the most? I think I enjoy making making the music the most. Okay. Like so what portion of it? Creating the actual melodies and, it, and like, getting it out of my head. Because sometimes a whole song will be in my head. Right, right, right. Understood. And so if I'm busy... I'll have to go to a computer and like write down the chords or I have to go on my phone and record me singing the melody. Yeah. Or the yeah. Yeah. So create that, cre that creation process. That's like the most, my favorite part because I'm trying to get something that's in my head out. Yes. And it might just be recording. The, I might be at the grocery store and I have to stop <laughs> and hurry up and record the voice, voice note before I forget it. Yeah. Absolutely. Like so, a little, little stencil, <laughs> yeah, you know, so, so you come back so to I'll it. record it and then, you know, I might like write one or two lines. So that creation process, like that's the, most enjoyable part because it's like it's inside my head and now yeah. I'm making it come to life. 
Absolutely. I think it's it's so important that whatever our passion is, we have to fall in love with the journey and the process, right? Right. How do you stay in love with the process of this? Because it is an ever-changing business, and it does get a little tough sometimes. Like, what are you doing to make sure that you really stay in love with the process of creating your music? Oh, one thing I do is I, I go back and listen to my old old songs and see, like, the growth. Mm. And then a lot of times I'll listen to the ones I really love, and I, I stop making stuff that I like, and I only make stuff that I love. There you go. So it's like being being a little bit hard on myself actually helps me to kind of enjoy it more because it's like, okay, how, how am I going to do this? And just kind of, like, being, like, being to a point where um, I'm absolute, like, this is what I'm doing. Even when it's tough, it's like, this is what I signed up for. Yeah. So just, like, accepting everything that comes with it. I think that you have a treasure it's going to be down beneath the dirt, but take the dirt too. So give me all the land. I dig, <laughs> I dig up and get the treasure too. So yeah. I feel like it's just part of, part of what I signed up for. Absolutely. You can't skip any steps of this. Like you said, give me the whole thing and I'll find the diamonds in there. You know what I'm saying? Like some people just want the diamonds, but you're like, no, give me the dirt, the rocks, everything that goes along with it. And I'm going to find the diamonds in the rough per se. Um, with that being said, let's talk a little bit more in depth about your actual process because are you, you're still a writer, right? Mm-hmm. Um, this is something I've been talking about a lot because mental health is very real, right? right? You know, we all go through anxiety and, you know, periods or whatever. Does writing help you, like, on a mental level? Oh, yeah, that's, that's my therapy. Like, yeah. you know, I, I don't know what I would do without being able to write music yeah. and, 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 you know, making things like that. So, like, yeah, like, even times where I wasn't able to get to a computer or, you know, or make some music, then I would just have just my words. And that yes. would be my therapy to just kind of get things off my chest, feel better. Get my ideas out, be mad, be happy, whatever. But um, that was just a big part of it, like being able to have that therapy by getting everything off your chest. Absolutely. Absolutely. I ask that because that's something I've been doing, obviously not writing music, but I just, I journal and I've been talking about that, about how important it is to be transparent, to talk about that kind of stuff, especially people like you and I who have a voice, right? Um, It's important for us to be transparent because we could potentially help someone else. Everybody goes through stuff, you know what I'm saying? And, we need to talk about it because we got to let other people know they're not alone. Right. We all have anxiety and days where we're emotional or whatever. So writing for you definitely helps. Oh, yes. Most definitely. And I, I asked you a moment ago and you said that you stay in love with the process by going back and listen to some of your old music. So let me ask you about that. Is the old music still on the digital platforms or have you ever went back and pulled any of that old music down? So I go usually I go back to just the... Some of the older music is not on digital platforms. Okay. But a lot of times when I'm just, like, reviewing, I'm seeing my most recent thing to make sure I'm competing with myself and make sure I'm better than the last thing that I put out to the public. Yes. Um, sometimes, though, I have those days when I go way back um, to <laughs> stuff that's not even on digital yeah. platform. And I'll, and I'll find that idea from when a 17-year-old Travis, and he had this good idea, and I'm like, okay, it wasn't developed all the way, but let me take that idea and bring it back. So, yeah, so I do a little bit of both. Okay. Um, so the music, when you first started releasing music on digital platforms, what, what I would imagine has been a few years now, right? You know, since the uh, Distro Kid and TuneCore mm-hmm. and all that came out, the music that you do have out there, mm-hmm. do you ever delete any of it or do you keep it all out there on the platforms? Oh, no, I keep it out there. Keep okay, good. There. Okay, yeah, good. So <laughs> 2000, 2010 was my first official album on, like, current digital platforms. That was my first album solo. Yeah. Um, and it's still out there. And um, and actually, ironically enough, um, in Japan, is one of my best songs out there called Buck Wild. 
<laughs> I don't really like the song today. Um, you know, like I said, that was like 2010. But you was when, when, when they asked me to perform in Japan, and I asked them what song would they like, they said, yes, you have a very good song called Bookwild. I'm like, really? And they rapping it on it. I'm like, and the lyrics are so simple and so, that is you know, so but, funny. You know, I, they love I, it. They love it. So I, who am I to say no to them Absolutely. on that? You know? So that's one thing I would say is like, there's a crowd for everything that you've done as an artist. And sometimes it'll be the song that you hate that gets placed on a TV show. Yes. The song that you didn't really like that's you performing in Japan. Yes, absolutely. performance. You know what I mean? So. And that international money. Right. So that, that's that's something that I had, had to look at. But yeah, when you said that, it just reminded me. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's the whole song. They, and, they wanted, and they kept telling me, they kept telling me, listen, you have to perform this one too. That is so funny. That's they hilarious. They noticed it wasn't on my like current stuff. And they yeah. were like, we're just making sure you're performing Buck Wild, right? And I'm like, all right. <laughs> that is so funny. No, I asked that because there's so many artists, like not necessarily the young ones, because maybe they've only been releasing music for a couple of years, but people who's been in it a little bit longer, mm-hmm. you know, 10 plus years, they were like, oh, no, I took all that old stuff down. I'm like, why? To me, I would want people to hear your growth. Right. It, you know it, what I'm saying? Like, I see the progression. I got some old, old videos floating around out there, but I leave them out there. You know what I'm saying? Like some of my first interviews and stuff, because I want people to see the growth and stuff like that. So that's why I asked you that. How does that song Buck Wild go? Give us a little bit of it. <laughs> it's like Buck Wild, Wow, get loose, crazy. Ain't no time like the present, so you better live it up. <laughs> something like that. It's, it's real, but also, if you don't speak English, it's an easy song for you to learn. There as you well. go. So, yeah. You know, to artists who are making songs, like if you ever had like, you know, your your simplest songs that's out there, it might be a good song for internationally for somebody who might use it to learn English. And I have students, you know, who, who've done that because I do teach English sometimes. And they're like, you know what, that song Buck Wild? I'm like, yeah, I know. That is funny. But no, that's a great piece of advice right there. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't always have to have super complicated, barsy music. You know, you can put some stuff out that's you know, got some simplicity to it. Because like you said, there's an audience for everything, right? Um, when did you start transitioning into doing like bilingual music? That happened after um, I came back home from college, came back home to the A. I saw it was, it was like oversaturated. Everybody and mama had moved to Atlanta. Everybody wants to rap. Everybody, right. Everybody's trapping. It was just like, it was too much. Yeah. And I was like, well, since I taught myself Spanish, and I already was down there in Florida doing something, let me try to add some of it in the music. Yeah. So 2012, I went out to, went out to Sevilla, Spain, and we did a show out there, and I did the first song like in all Spanish, and the whole crowd was just like shocked. Because I was talking to English, like, yeah, you know, I'm about to, about to do my thing. And then the song came on, I just started rapping in Spanish, and they were like, what? Like, everybody was, like, shocked. That was and impressive. Then, yeah, and then they kind of started rolling with it. But I, I found out that, like, so I rap in Spanish, but my my style is still, like, my American style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so it, it, it sets me apart. So um, I started doing that, and then, like, um, I just kind of kept with it and just, like, sprinkling in here and there. Like, the artist on Malone, I just did a song with it. She's from Germany. Yeah. And she was like, hey, can you do one of your Spanish verses? I was like, no problem. So we did oh. a song together where she's um, singing in English with her second language, and then I'm rapping in Spanish, my second language. That is so dope. Yeah, so it, 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 it um, puts you in a different field when a place might say they don't want rap, then you can do reggaeton, you can do Spanish. You know, you can kind of just get into different crowds. And that's how I've gotten a lot of different shows or different opportunities because – I'm not in just one box. Yes, absolutely. And and there's something I wanted to chime in on to get your thoughts on it. So mm-hmm. right now, like, 
Afrobeats music is really, really taken over. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? I think it's because it's feel good music. Like I think mm-hmm. you can play it for any crowd. People are going to vibe to it. Even if they don't know the words, They're like, Oh, this just is a feel good song. Also, I think R and B is making a very strong comeback. Not that it ever went away, but it kind of like took the back seat to hip hop for a while or, or whatever. Um, and then I seen juicy J recently talk about not just him, but I'll use him an example. Cause I seen the video in the last couple of days where he talks about like rap music sales and stuff is down like 40%, like mm-hmm. a lot, you know what I'm saying? Um, in my opinion on that is because a lot of the music's being, that's being produced by these youngins all sounds the same. And they're all talking about, you know, killing people and their ops and the right. women are talking about nothing but super sexual stuff. You know what I'm saying? What are your thoughts on it? Do you feel like the rap music is down because there's other genres that are just feel good music and they're not, you know, putting such degrading content out there? Yeah. I think that, um, it's, you can't, you can't compete with positivity. Yeah. And so when those go. other genres, whether it's pop music or Afrobeats, when they're so positive, that's the one people want to play at the office party, at the wedding, yeah. at all these different events where it's, it's positive, yes. right? You're having a good time. So you break those barriers by having that type of music. Yes. And when you just have like a certain group, like a, all the rap is only one type that's getting out there. Yeah. Right. It's monotonous. It gets tiring. Yeah. Like we're drained with how many times we're going to hit a lick. How many times, <laughs> we, yeah. you know, I'm going to kill you and get your baby mama. Like how many times, right? Yeah. And so when people keep hearing that, they get tired of it. If there's no balance in there, then that's the point. I remember coming up, like, you had R&B songs where everybody knew every word to all the R&B there songs. There you go. And then you had some rap songs in there and all that, but it was a mixture. Yes. It's like, just imagine eating the same thing every day, oh. and then you know it's not good for you. Yeah, exactly. But, right. But every day you're eating this horrible meal, and yeah. it's not good for you. So I think that's why, like, it's down, because of the sound of it, it's low vibrations, and, like, even if you don't realize it, you can't really take that low vibration too much. You need a little balance of something else. So Absolutely. Afrobeats come on, people get excited and they, you know, they, they're having a good time. Yeah. That's, that's what's missing. Like they need some medication. That's, that's why I made the album medication music. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cause there's so much, uh, negativity in the world already as it is i mean hell there's a whole war going on you know right right. now it's just it's insane and um like you said that low vibrational stuff you know like i'm Mm -hmm. big on high vibrations and you think about if you go to the club and you in the club for two three hours and all you hear is this like low vibrations shoot them up you know like type music then they wonder why people be outside shooting and fighting and stuff like that i mean it's been instilled in their head for the last three hours and they add a little liquor to it (laughs) Right. <laughs> yeah. So I just wanted to get your opinion on that because, you know, being that you've been in the music industry for a long time. Um, with that being said, what do you think that some of these artists can do to change the narrative on that? Well, I think that the first thing you have to do is, you know, make music that's true to, true to you. Let's yeah. say, for example, you have people who go through different situations and then when they make the music, they only want to put a certain sound out. Yeah. Just be true. Like if, if you're having a good day today, maybe make a song about that. Yeah. Like if you create music and all your different you know, moods in different zones, then you'll get different sounds opposed right. to just that one negative. And then also you don't have to follow, you know, a certain path to, of that negativity and stuff like that. It's just like, it's not going to keep you, it's not going to sustain you. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I, just, I would say like artists just try to, you know, incorporate different things. When you're happy, you know, talk about it. When you're sad, talk about it. But you can't just be always sad, always mad. It's like, okay, now you got to look at yourself and say, okay, maybe I need to get some things together so I'm not always feeling like this. Um, so you can't have a different product. Absolutely. Yeah. Because when music's like, if an artist produce music that sounds the same on every song, it's boring. Like mm-hmm. 
even even throughout a song like I'm big I tell artists all the time you know that aren't understanding how music should be constructed I said every four bars you need to switch your flow up a little bit speed it up slow it down get a little melodic if you sound the same monotone through the entire song it becomes boring you know what I'm saying so it's like learn to I quote Prince all the time Prince said that your voice is an instrument Mm -hmm. think about it that's deep different instruments do what they produce different sounds right so your voice should be doing the same thing you know what i'm saying you you hear some of these artists like drake for example that's why he's so successful because he produces so many different sounds he harmonizes he sings a little bit then he gets a little rough and raps with 21 savage like you know what i'm saying and that's what separates him from and the same thing you know like from what i've heard from you it don't sound all the same it's so important to have different flows, different sounds within your music. Um, tell everybody, like you said, you were just talking about the album. Um, what is the most recent single that you put out? So the most recent single is uh, Third Eye. Um, it's off of the uh, Medication Music album. Yeah. And Third Eye, just telling people, like, everybody thinks they have a plan for you, but listen to that, that voice at the end. You know, use your third eye. Be aware, because they're going to hit you with distractions. Yeah. You know, everywhere you go, there's going to be some distractions, but stay on your path and do your thing. That's what the song's about. How long was the album in the works? So the album was in the works for probably about like a year and a half, um, just different life stuff going on, stuff like that. And yeah. I named it Medication Music because it was my medication. Yeah, I was going through different things, and that's what I was using to kind of center myself back and say, you know, next time I put out a project, I'm going to go ahead and put out a full album. Because usually, you know, we don't really do albums nowadays. Most of the right. time singles and singles and singles. But yeah. I said, you know what, this is a piece of art that I want to put together where it has a message to it. Like you said, kind of combat the whole negativity and all that. Just like, this is what I'm doing. It's still going to have some beats in there. It's still going to have that, that inspirational uh, motivation to it. But this is like some medication, that some music you can use for your mind that you can like, listen to and vibe to. Yeah, like we were saying, that mental therapy, mental health, it's important. Um, on the album, did you create every song specifically for the album or did you pick and choose a couple you had in your vault? So I, I made each song for the album because they were like, 20 songs that I've been making for the album this whole yeah. time, right? The whole year and a half. Every time I made a song, I was like, oh, that should be for the album. <laughs> and then I ended up making like five or, five or six songs recently, and I was like, nah, this not going to be on the album. Yeah. So I did a lot of no, saying no to myself yeah. about not putting uh, projects or um, songs on this album. And so after I looked back, there were maybe like maybe like 30 songs, and then I picked like the, the ones that really met the message and met the meaning yeah. It was on the same frequency as um, the medication music. So the, the the album somewhat has a theme. Right, right, right. This is medication music, music for your you know, medicine for your mind. Yeah. So it's just like when you're going through different things, you can listen to this and, you know, it can feel better. Or you want to relate to, like, Oxygen Mass is t- talking about, you know, taking care of yourself first. There you go. Right? And yeah. so these different sounds and these different, you know, um, stories that I'm telling the songs, like, it's to help you keep keep on track and, like, feel like you can listen to this and just vibe out. Instead of having to be sad or be upset about something, it's like, take some medicine. Absolutely. Do you use a lot of profanity in your music for people that don't know? No, no, no. I, I really, I mean, man, I, think I may cuss here and there, but I don't usually talk with a lot of cursing. I had to be really, really upset to just curse somebody out. Yeah. Just <laughs> come out from how, how I was raised or whatever. But um, no, so it's maybe one or two curse words in there. For the most part, it comes yeah. out clean out the gate. I yeah, love that. Yeah, yeah, like third eye, there's like no cursing there. Yeah. And for the most part, yeah, it's like a word here and there. And it's only, and it's useful. It's used at certain times when you need to put yeah, that in Yeah, yeah. A little that, extra yeah. oomph to it, a little emphasis. <laughs> right, 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 yeah. right. But other than that, no, nah, it's, it's, it's pretty clean. Any visuals out off of the album? 
So right now I'm working on a few visuals. I had like some few clips and stuff like that. Yeah. But don't have the visuals yet. Like that's in, that's in, in motion. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Because people want them visuals. They yeah, want they yeah. want to. People fall in love with the song, but I think they oftentimes fall in love with the visual even more because they they see it from your perspective. Right, yeah, they in my inbox now asking for it. So yeah, so that <laughs> means you got to get it popping. Um, what you got coming up? I know you said you've been doing a lot of traveling, you know, international performances. What do you have coming up? So right now I'm working on um, some medication music. The instrumental will be out um, in November. Okay. Um, I just dropped the screw version because I had so many people in. Which was so and, dope. I love that. <laughs> yeah. I know you see me comment on that. Yeah. I got Tetsis in California. Like, they really was asking. DJs were asking for it. So yeah. I was like, All right, I got you. I got you. Just give me a second. <laughs> and so we came with that. Um, and so I'm going to have an instrumental version of medication music because I have a, have a lot of people listening to my music who don't listen to rap. Yeah. But they like the music. Yes. The actual melody. So uh, November 21st, that's my birthday, we're going to drop the instrumental version of that. So for everybody who want to freestyle in their car or they think they can sing, whatever, oh, that's dope. we have an instrumental version of the album available. Nice. Um, and then uh, the big thing that I'm working on now, we kind of talked about, was um, TravisT.com. Yes. Um, some people don't want to be on, on Instagram or Facebook or whatever, so I'm going back to the old ways of having my own website yes. where you can network with me. Um, I have production available. I have uh, merch, things like that. So building that up and just having that to go into the new year is like really my next steps. Absolutely. And I love the fact that you did like the chopped and screw version. Like I came from an era like in Florida, we had a whole wave of where we did slow down music. It wasn't okay. necessarily chopped and screwed. It was just, they called it like slow down music. Okay. And I oftentimes like the song better slowed down than the actual version. I don't know what it is, but there was just something about that sound that was just so appealing to me. Right. And of course, you know, uh, long live DJ screw and, right, you know, like right. in the whole, um, you know, Texas was big on chopped and screwed and they still are. You right, know what I'm right. saying? Um, you know, shout out OG Ron C and, you know, everybody over there at Swisher House. You know what I'm yeah. saying? I still love that. So when you posted that, I was like, yo, this is so dope. Like, I don't know. There's just something about that song, that sound that's so appealing to me. Yeah, did you do all your songs like that? Yeah, I did the whole album. That is so dope. the whole medication music is like chopped and screwed. I love it. And, um, it's, it's funny that you mentioned that because now it's starting to become bigger in places that it wasn't before. Right. So I know, and like in the Middle East, I had some fans that were asking me about it. I was like, what is this? Like, this is kind of cool. And I'm yeah. like, oh, you don't know about Screw? So I was teaching them about it. And that's, that's the, their first experience hearing it with, with me. Yes. So, yeah, so it's, it's good. And it's like, it gives another vibe. And it makes people listen to the lyrics a little bit more. Too. Yeah, because it slowed down so a little bit. So they can just hear it and vibe. And, you know, everybody don't have, it don't have to be fast paced, right? Right. Just chill to it. I love it. I th and I think, you know, honestly, like that could make a major comeback because for a while, you know, back in the day, that was big. And yeah, it was huge. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I knew a, a DMV DJ who was a big chop and screw DJ, you know, and it's like so it's like picking up in other areas, like you said, and people right. overseas are tuned in. Um, but we're going to get into this record. It's called Third Eye, which you were just right. talking about it. Yeah. You talked about, you know, the meaning behind the song, you know what I'm saying, mm -hmm. which is important, you know, being in tune, just really right. being in tune, not only yourself, but other people and stuff like that. Um, do you think you'll shoot a video for this record? Oh, yeah, this this is definitely going to be a video for it because I tell my story. You yeah. know, it's, it's my story from from little, when I'm a little buddy until now, you know, <laughs> everything, that, everything that happened. And I had to really, you know what I'm saying, use my third eye because everybody's going to tell you that what to do, but they might mean well, but they don't know better. Are you a father? No, nah, I'm not a father. Really? Nah. You don't want no kids? 
maybe one day just yeah. the situation got to be the right situation. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm very selective. Understood. Understood. Wow. That's not too many times you meet men that don't have kids these days. <laughs> I, yeah. I interviewed someone last week. He had, he had 10 kids. I said, woof. That's a lot. And they all under the age of 18. <laughs> Shout out to you, brother. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. That is really, really dope. So we're going to get into the record. Before we do, tell everybody where they can follow you at. Oh, you can follow me at Travis T Official on all platforms. Most definitely. And then you said the website's coming soon. Yeah, it's coming. On the way. Which is important because that's where you can have all everything that on represents you on that website. Absolutely. I'm a big advocate of that. I got a website for every single business that I do because you need to keep substantially located. Right. Um, who you want to shout out to? Man, shout out to uh, everybody who has listened and purchased medication music. I really appreciate y'all. Yeah. Um, big shout out. What up, mama? Um, big shout out mm-hmm. to uh, Big Dog Cinematic, uh, my videography, do all the projects with me, been overseas with me. Oh. Um, so big shout out there, uh, Jay Ross, shout out to you. Um, everybody rocking with me, you know, appreciate it. Yeah, most definitely. Eastside. Um, <laughs> Eastside stand up. Um, anything else that you want to make sure you let the listeners know before we get into this record? Man, just stay locked in. Travis T. Official on, on Instagram. All my, um, you know, um, promotion to be there and all my, um, you know, updates will be there until we get TravisT.com. It's coming soon. Is that the government name? Yeah, my government name is Travis. I like it. Dope. <laughs> All right, so we better go ahead and get into this record. Go ahead and introduce it for us. All right, man. Hey, there going to be some distractions, but y'all, you know, make sure you look out for this third eye, man. We on the Hype 87.3. Let go. Let go. You're locked Hello. in with Atlanta's hottest hip-hop station. The Hype 87.3. Hit you with distractions everywhere that you turn. You gon' have a lot of questions about the things that you learn. It's a cold world we live in, but that fire still burn. Better hold your position, represent on your turn. Hey, get your mind right, keep your grind tight. Lift your head up, keep your eyes open. Get your mind right, keep your grind tight. Lift your head up. Tell you about a story, little buddy named Travis. This was way before the grind, way before all the letters. He was smart, he was sharp, kept the teachers amazed. See, he never had a study, but he got straight hands. Certified on the beast, melodies were just flowing. He was playing in the band, music knowledge was growing. Everywhere that he went, had a song in his head. He got older, life got colder, had to go get the bread. Double cross, plenty losses in his music game. Had to talk to himself just to ease his pain. Calculating, calculation, stimulating his brain. Had to take another route just to stay in the game. Never lied on a beat. Where he from? Out of space? He just ride on a beat. Take your time in a race. Everybody has a They gon' hit you with distractions everywhere that you turn. You gon' have a lot of questions about the things that you learn. It's a cold world we live in, but that fire still burn. Better hold your position, represent on your turn. Hey, get your mind right, keep your grind tight. Lift your head up, keep your eyes open. Get your mind right, keep your grind tight. Lift your head up. Tell you about a story, little buddy named Travis. This was way before the grind, way before all the letters. He was smart, he was sharp, kept the teachers amazed. See, he never had a study, but he got straight A's. Certified on the beast, melodies were just flowing. He was playing in the band, music knowledge was growing. Everywhere that he went, had a song in his head. He got older, life got colder, had to go get the bread. Double cross, plenty losses in his music game. Had to talk to himself just to ease his pain. Calculating, calculation, stimulating his brain. Had to take another route just to stay in the game. Never lied on a beat. Where he from? Out of space? He just ride. 
with distractions everywhere that you turn. You gon' have a lot of questions about the things that you learn. It's a cold world we live in, but that fire still burns. Better hold your position, represent on your turn. Hey, get your mind right, keep your grind tight, lift your head up, keep your eyes open. Get your mind right, keep your grind tight, lift your head up, keep your eyes they open. They gon' hit you with distractions everywhere that you turn. You gon' have a lot of questions about the things that you learn. It's a cold world we live in, but that fire still burns. Better hold your position, represent on your turn. He like, nah, watch me do it, ain't got time for the fake He like, yeah, I'ma do it, I don't care about the hate Bend down, stay down, I was just elevate Melodies, strategies, passive mind and create In the zone, but at home, they want pills and guns Don't nobody wanna hear about meals and funds Inspiration, motivation, living life in the sun He in the house, the matrix, certified, he the one Never lied on the beat, where he from, out of space He just ride on the beat, take your time in the race Everybody has suggestions, different ways he should go But he listened to himself, third, I told you so They gon' hit you with distractions everywhere that you turn You gon' have a lot of questions about the things that you learn It's a cold world we live in, but that fire still burn Better hold your position, represent on your turn Hey, get your mind right, keep your grind tight Lift your head up, keep your eyes open Get your mind right, keep your grind tight Lift your head up Open.